is Wyman and Bob. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Welcome to Wyman and Bob, Seattle Sports Station and seattlesports.com. You can call in 866-979-3776. What am I talking about? Call in. You can text in. Don't call. Text in on the uh, Mac and Jack's Brewing Company, uh, 866-979-3776. Before we get started about with our guests and whatnot today, we've got Ryan Roland-Smith in studio. Finally, you stopped dodging me, man. This is the, this is the first time ever. I mean, I call in, what? Three o'clock every Monday. I think it's the same schedule, unless I got bumped to a, yeah, you know, a less peak time, a lesser time. role. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first no, time ever. You did not go down in the rotation. I hope not. Yeah. No, I hope not. Yeah, so it's good to have you, man. Uh, today we're going to talk to uh, to Brock Heward at three o'clock, and and then you're going to get out of here around five o'clock. We'll bring in Mike Lefko, the crafty left-handed pickleball player. Are you you play left handed? No, I'm not lefty. Righty? Oh, you're a crafty, I can crafty beat righty. Left-handed, though. He did. <laughs> He's talking lots of smack, by the way. Oh, you should have heard him last couple of weeks. Every time I come, feeling in fresh here. after a day of pickleball. So Unbelievable. He's he, been down all weekend. Where were you down in? Got a little uh, quick California trip in. You put Beach playing pickleball. Yeah. He went Shirtless, all the way down the there sun. Just, just to sharpen up his just game. Just to sharpen it up because Ryan was getting a little too confident. So I will yeah, say had this: to get some practice it in. was a little intimidating seeing the 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 pickleball racket paddle paddle. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. He pulled it That's out. Right. He had it. It was like a, in a shroud or something. There was a, a towel. And yeah, what did it say? Something he had like a backup paddle. The, the towel said, I'm the best or something like that on it. It was pretty, pretty outrageous. But yeah, we got to get that thing done, yeah. by the way. For sure. It's a lot of pressure on you. Not so much Lefko. There is, but I mean, you know, by him talking it up, how good he is at pickleball. And it's a popular <laughs> sport, too. So. He's talking a big game. Actually, what do you think about this? We're going to be down at spring training. I mean, Brock and Salk are down there now, but we're going down in March. A lot of courts in Arizona. So after we're done, you know, working and doing our serious stuff, you can fly down, play some pickleball at a court out there, and you can uh, bunk with Wyman and Bob. There you just, go. Don't have to spend anything on housing. We just have to get it sponsored. Yeah, that's true. And pay for the travel and everything else. <laughs> yeah, and the I'm equipment. Sure, I'm sure there will be plenty of people calling in to sponsor yeah. the pickle game, pickleball game between Lefko and Ryan Roland-Smith. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Seattle Mariners getting started. with. we got lots to talk about today about the Mariners with Ryan Roland-Smith, a guy who knows. But over the weekend... Dropped a couple of games, not that it matters, but uh, Los Angeles Angels, they lost 5-1. to one. Kansas City Royals, they lost 8-7. to seven. Right now they're down 5-1 to Chicago. They're playing the White Sox right now. But just, you know, just in general, um, first of all, you know, before we get to all the rules and stuff like that, uh, we've been trying to ask everybody who's with the Mariners kind of what's, what's the, the most interesting, who, what are you most curious about? Is it? The, the actual rules change, or is it like an individual player like Jared Keldick who hit a couple bombs over the weekend? Yeah, and you know, we're going to get plenty of chances to talk about Jared Keldick. I feel like, though, do you notice how anytime if he does something good, all of a sudden it's, oh, here it, is, here it comes. You know, like even yeah. obviously the first time he came up to the big leagues, you know, the anticipation and everything else, obviously he struggled. And then he if he has any kind of inkling of something good happening even if it's outside of T-Mobile Park, whether it be in Peoria or Cheney Stadium, how excited you get. You just hope there isn't that letdown. You hope yeah. there isn't that where he starts chasing pitches again, where he, where he, 
you know, he's he's at bats where he starts arguing with umpires every two seconds on borderline pitches. It's look, you can't read too much into spring training, but he's off to a good start. I like the fact that he did step away from his dad's hitting facility in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to die. I don't know about the relationship there or whatever, but he 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 went somewhere, you know, kind of a fresh start with his off season prep, which is such a big deal. But uh, you just. I don't think you're really going to know until April rolls around. Yeah. Well, and we'll talk more about him at 2.30 because, I mean, he's pretty much a whole topic himself. Yeah. It just, you know, because he can he can uh, change so many things for the Mariners. But uh, but as far as the, the pitching goes, I thought you would say maybe uh, Matt Brash. I mean, I find him to be very interesting. A couple of reasons. One is I was showing my wife. I'm like, he looks like he's 13 years old, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. And then also, I mean, I was – Telling her, like, if you just saw him out on the street, he just looks like a regular, like a guy that would sell you a car or something. Right. I mean, he doesn't look like this big overpowering guy. We talked to the the people at Driveline, and they were talking about his, uh, his slider and just how legendary it is. But I remember you talking about him last year. You came on the show, and you were talking about how, you know, his slider, the amount of break, and mm-hmm. how I think you used the word filthy which I try not to use because yeah. that's kind of a baseball guy thing. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean it's uh, it, it's pretty pretty ridiculous what what all the hype around him anyway. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing obviously last year he burst onto the scene. Remember that game in Chicago? As a matter of fact, I was sitting in here. I was going to jump onto a, a post game show. He had that first start in Chicago. If you remember that, mm-hmm. and he was somewhere somewhat around the strike zone for a starting pitcher, just enough to let that stuff play. And then all of a sudden we know about his struggles, goes down to AAA, and they say, oh, we're going to put him in the bullpen now. And I, I'll admit, I thought we were going to see the same um, when you're talking command coming out of Matt Brash. I, I honestly thought you are going to see the same kind of demeanor where he gets frustrated, he goes 2-0, and you can see the body language, everything start to unravel. But he's just a different guy. He was just in that attack mode. I, I think the bullpen for him – Really suits him. There has been that question. He's kind of brought it up. He brought it up. He was actually talking. He was on with Root Sports, and he kind of gave that little inkling, like, "Well, if they decide to start me, so to, to be a starting pitcher." Mm-hmm. So I feel like he still has that thing about him where he feels like, you know, I still want to prove that I can be a starting pitcher. But where he's at right now, in the bullpen, with just enough command. If he can get a feel for it, and everything he did down the drive line, we're just trying to get. He was working on a cut fastball. I don't really feel like you you want to start complicating things when you have that big breaking ball. If he can just be around the plate enough, man, he is going to be an absolute weapon. I think he needs to stay right where he's at in that bullpen because he's he's obviously going to be a big impact for sure. I don't think I've ever asked you this, but for every kid growing up being a pitcher, you know, you imagine yourself getting the start and being in the rotation, right? Are there aren't are there kids you know that are like in high school going ah I can't wait to be in the bullpen you well, know I, come in and throw my nasty you know pitch here and there well when when like closes became a big deal yeah I mean yeah. and uh, this is going to sound crazy but it's no joke and I've talked to dudes about this it's a good question because the movie Major League when Rick Vaughn comes in yeah. with the music <laughs> that's right so all of a sudden there was this cool element about being a, a either a closer or a setup guy yeah. and then like in the 90s that's when it really sort of took off because pre that era it was you you've got your best five dudes and then everyone just kind of backs them up 
That was right. it. And then all of a sudden they figured out, okay, man, if we get someone for the ninth inning or someone for the eighth inning, it became cool. Then the music came in. I don't even know what year Major League came out. It was wild thing, wild wasn't thing. it? It was so good. Yeah. And like so as a kid, like, and by the way, I love it too in that movie, and you know, most people have seen that movie, he doesn't jog in. He just walks the whole way from left. That's right. Yeah, obviously pitch clocks and stuff like that. Now you can't do it. But I would have just loved seeing some dude just out there in the last 20 years just just stroll in from left field while the music's playing. But when that was was prevalent, everyone's like, oh, you know, I wouldn't mind coming in out of the bullpen. As opposed to that, I'm going to start game seven of the World Series. And for me being a kid, man, I just – I just wanted to pitch. I didn't. I didn't know the. I didn't care. Didn't know the difference. Just wanted to get to the states, play in, in meaningful games, and right. get to the big leagues however, however I could. A lot faster path to get to the big leagues, obviously, in the bullpen than a starting pitcher. That I, is for sure. I love that. That goes back to Major League and, and Charlie Sheen, and he was wild then because remember he was all over the place, yeah. and, and some of the hitters were were, were who was a. What was the closer that had Enter Sandman, the Metallica song? Mariano Rivera. Rivera. So good. That was so awesome. Then uh, And this year they got Edwin Diaz has yeah. Timmy Trumpet or whatever. And- Which, by the way, the Mariners need some credit for that because they had that pinned as his song, but no one really paid attention. Then he uh-huh. goes to the Mets and everyone was saying, look, oh, yeah, the Mets created this song for him. And he did mention that actually my days with the Mariners. So you know, big shout out to Kevin Martinez and the PR crew because they had yeah. the song and the and the you know the video and the whole bit coming out here in Seattle. And then all of a sudden the Mets kind of hijacked it a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, but no, there's there's nothing about. And I'm not joking. You talk to players. I don't know about some of these kids we're watching on the TV right now. Some of these Mariner kids. But I'm talking <laughs> the guys I've played with. Everyone talked about how cool would it be? Because you don't get that in the mind. I mean, you kind of do in the mind leagues. But how cool would that be if you're coming in from the bullpen? Even yeah, even as a twelve year old yeah. coming in from the bullpen, like oh man, that song just playing, <laughs> crowd going crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it probably gives you a rush running out, you know, the first time when everybody the the nine run out on the field and everything. But yeah, you get the whole run all the way from the outfield. Oh, yeah. And the thing they did this year, you're talking about Martinez and and the the PR department and what a great job they do. They did the Los Bomberos. Yes, yeah, there you go. Or uh, as our guy JP would say, John Paul Morosi, Los Bomberos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he always rolls the R's. Of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> I will say this, just back to Mariano Rivera, not many people know this. He wasn't a huge fan of the song, right? You've got, you know, Metallica, crowd loved the crowd loved the song. I love the song, Anna Sandman. Mariano Rivera, he, that wasn't his that wasn't his music. So when you know, when you think yeah. about like someone you know when you think about someone coming in and they have to hear that music to get them fired up. I think it was kind of apparently it was like the opposite for him, but you know the crowd loved it. It was a big deal, and it was iconic yeah. and it was awesome. Well, and the big news coming into the season, of course, is all the the rule changes. And you know, like Mike talked about before, you know, we were prepping for the show. Like, did we even notice the big bases and the shift? It was all about the pitch clock, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, we saw for the Mariners they made history because Manny Machado got the first. What did he get a ball? I think yeah. uh, on that for not being ready. Yeah, yeah, and so and then we saw over the weekend and uh, cut number one. Braves Red Sox game ends on a violation. Could have run them up easily. Uh oh. And now what? He's oh damn cold strike three. Wow. <laughs> that's I'm sorry. That's way too big of a call for spring training for a yeah. spring training. Not only that, but also it's like nothing happened. Right. All he did was like go too slow. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. <laughs> I mean, good good for him making it you oh, know yeah. seem exciting. But yeah, I to me that's 
if a game ever ends mm-hmm. on that, so he was o two, right. right? Yeah, and I think bases loaded were loaded. Bases, yeah, yeah. So could have been a really good moment, and umpire calls him out. So yeah, I thought that was. Uh, I don't know. I. I feel like that could be something that maybe they come back and look at. And we'll get uh, later on uh, what's bugging Dave uh, as far as the games and possibly baseball fans getting robbed out of a certain amount of uh, watching the games, especially if you go up there to hide away from chores and things like that. And you're like, oh, honey, I got to work. And well, work is actually watching the game. And it used to be three hours. And now it's like, so we've got now it's 229, one of the games over the weekend for the Mariners, then 216, 225 in the uh, eight to seven game. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. What's your, what's your first impression of that? Well, first of all, you look at these times of game. That's that's wild, man. Like, I mean, you're looking at two twenty nine, two sixteen, two twenty five. First three games, and I think there was some. I don't have it in front of me. Some number where the first time since like the seventies that the whole collection of games was all sub two two hours and thirty minutes, right. which is insane. Now, a couple of thoughts on this. Number one, you mentioned the shifts and the bigger bases. I think the shifts. You won't really notice them until the season because really in spring training, obviously you have these guys who have been around and everyone has enough analytics on them to, to, to create a shift, to pull everyone over to the right side of the infield. Everyone pretty much plays straight up or a little bit close to that in spring training as it is anyway, especially when you have half the lineup with, with guys you don't even know who they are. So you're not going to have the, the data. So I think the shift, you're really going to notice that come April. You really are. April, May, June. Yeah. And I do – I like that. I don't like having all these regulations where you have to dictate the way you strategize the game, but I do like the fact that it's going to incentivize more contact, obviously cre- create more action. I get that. But the pitch clock, I was shocked. I'm not going to lie. I Look, the, the whole narrative here from Major League Baseball is more about if it's a three-hour game – cram it with action as opposed to a one nothing game three hours nothing happens yeah and their whole their defense is we're not trying to shorten the game but we are trying to just cram it more with with you know things happening throughout the game but i've I got to ask i mean is it too quick i'm kind of missing like i watched marco pitch the other day and he was really he was going he was rapid fire against the angels and the angels boom they're in there they're you know the hitters making eye contact you kind of lose some of those little nuances and you mentioned the 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 opportunity here, or the fear that major league that a game ends mm-hmm. via the clock, right? Uh, and I sort of look at that and say, well, you look at these other major sports here in the U.S., the NBA, the NFL. We saw it in the Super Bowl, even hockey. The clock is such a big part of the game. Is it something that fans are just going to start to once months go into, and you know people can text in and let me know what their their thoughts are? But is this going to be something where you know what I'm used to? dealing with the clock as a viewer watching an NFL game all winter, or I'm used to watching it with yeah, the NBA. Right. Yeah, you know, that, that two seconds left in the game, trying to get a shot off and they can't, and then all of a sudden game's over. Or is this just going to be something where you're just going to be roll your eyes going, here we go, this pitch clock, is it's just too fast. Yeah, and, and then, you know, you're right. I mean, this is the one game, the cool thing about baseball is it, it ends when nine innings expire, no matter how long it takes, and, you know, you're not sitting there looking at a clock. And, I don't know, frankly, I feel like the, the clock's kind of annoying a little bit. It's yeah. right behind, you know, you're well, watching it. In regular season? You won't see that, oh, okay. but you will see. You will have a clock there. So oh. everyone's like, "Oh yeah," but you won't see that. But yes, but you are still going to have a clock on the screen. So it's just going to be further. Oh, yeah, so it's going to be out of the sh- that center field camera. Gotcha. But you, they're still. I'm like, okay, that's great. But you're still going to have a graphic there with a clock. You know? Yeah. Is that going to be, be distracting? Yeah. 
Yeah, they because they do. They put uh, the clock. You know, they superimpose it on the football games and, right. and everything else. So, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting listening to Major League Baseball and and I get it because the NFL does the same thing. Like they're trying to sell it. You know, they're selling how, how great this is going to be. And one of them was that, like, uh, hey, if you take your kids to a game and the next day is a school day, you don't have to leave the game early. And I'm like, no, that's uh, that, that was the worst sales job ever, I, I thought. But, you know, you, yeah. you just hear everybody trying to sell every last little point about how great it's going to be. And I'm, I'm not. And we'll talk about this in What's Bugging Dave at 245. But I'm not sold on that, man. It, it, I know it's early. OK, mm-hmm. we're in our fourth preseason game with the Mariners. OK, so I'll give that. But. Yeah, just so far, it just it just seems kind of out of place for baseball. You know, a couple of things, uh, Sims was saying this during one of the broadcasts. He's like, you know, you can't really look at each other while you're talking. Like, that's, you know, I, I get friends coming to games cause, so we can catch up. Right. You know, and it's it's kind of a like I always say, it's a great date yeah. with a, you know, if you're going to take a, a, a girl, whatever, because... You know, you don't have to. It's not like football where everybody's screaming and you're up on your feet. Soccer, same thing. You know, it's it's nice and slow and relaxed, and you can have a conversation. And it's a great point because even the stadium, like T-Mobile Park, is built for you to go a watch a game, but b walk the concourse. Yeah, yeah you can't do that at Lumen, right. Lumen's Field. You're not doing that because it's a different experience. At the Kraken, you're not doing. But that's how baseball, the new baseball stadium, is built. Where you can do both, you can kind uh, of hang out, have that conversation from a broadcasting standpoint as well. You know, and and you know, obviously your job's a lot different to mine when you're in the game. But you want to dive into some backstory. You know, some sometimes the best yeah. viewing or the best listening is when you know Rick Riz or Vin Scully all of a sudden dives into a backstory of a player. Like, oh wow, that's crazy, and they build up, and then all of a, the all of a sudden the moment comes or whatever it may be. <laughs> but now we, we and and that's. With watching this weekend, yes, you mentioned it too, Dave, the fact it's spring training, so it's a little bit different, a little bit automatic as far as guys not shaking guys off, et cetera, et cetera. But if the regular season rolls around and it is a, a two-and-a-half-hour game and it's fast like this, you are going to lose some of those little nuances that everyone enjoys about watching baseball. Yeah. You really are. Hey, so real quick before we uh, we get to take two here, after you know, I mentioned four games. Okay, let's not let's not overreact. I always talk about that with um, in the NFL. You know, it's like you see teams like the Patriots when they win the Super Bowl, they'll go like one and three or zero oh and four or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's no no need for concern. But can you learn anything or or judge anything? Because as far as what a player did in the off season, and can you can you see little things that like oh that's different? Mm-hmm. Oh, he worked hard on this or that. Yeah, I think from a hitter standpoint and just being in camp with guys, when they come in and they look physically different, not swinging a bat, I'm talking about walking in the door, you're like, oh, okay. All of, and it could be good and bad. Don't get me wrong. Some guys come in and they've just been you know, hitting the weights. You know, and and yeah. th- that's great, but is it, is it specific to what, you, what you're trying to do? There's some guys that you know, they leave, they're, they're always banged up at the end of the season or they have, kind of have that thing about them where they're don't, not getting after it in the weight room or they're not really going as hard as they can. And then they come in and they just look physically different that's yeah. one thing you can notice and you can watch it on tv when you're watching the hitters from a pitcher standpoint i think that when you see a guy who whether it's all right like say for example you know a, a, a matt brash right now he was talking so much about and this is you know a little bit more 
uh, you know, specify, but he was talking about with that slider of his, which is that's his weapon. If he can command that pitch, man, he's going to be so fun to watch. When he's throwing that pitch as opposed to throwing an 85 and he's throwing an 88, it's sharper and it's more consistent in the same spot more regularly when you're watching these first couple games in February. All right, now I'm starting to see something different. But in regards to results, yeah, unless the guy's just swinging and missing at every pitch, like, man, okay, maybe whatever you were working on with some hitting guru, maybe we need to ratchet the back because these guys have been spending you know, the whole winter in, in a batting cage, you know? Yeah. But they're the two things I really look at in these initial games. They really are. Yeah. All right, that's uh, Ryan Roland-Smith you're hearing, a younger, better-looking version of Bob. Oh, wow. <laughs> no one repeat that to him. And better at karate, too. No, better at karate as well. Uh, no, definitely not that. No, I'm just teasing because uh, Bob said that. And I, I totally agreed when I was, you know, I was going off to s- somewhere and Ryan was filling in for me. All right, right now, let's take two. You're just so excited. You're finally hosting with him, aren't you? Yeah, I'm so excited. Dave has asked for this for so long. Yeah, my, my, I got like sweaty palms and yeah. What do you got there? Well, I've got the prop that was. Oh, yeah, his prop yeah. as yes. advertised. What do you got? Let's hit us with one. There we go. <laughs> How's that sound over there? Was that a sheep? I had this. It does sound like a sheep, yeah. When, when was I? It was around Christmas time. I brought this in and Bob liked it. And then Dave was upset he was missing it. So yeah. I, I brought it in especially for you. Guy comes in. He replaces me. He's got props. props. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, how about this? So the interviews continue for Sean Desai. According to Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofalo, Desai's a finalist for the Eagles defensive coordinator position and is interviewing in person with them today. I feel like if Sean Desai leaves, that we'll never, like we hardly knew you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. On the road games, a lot of times, were next to the coach's booth and he would be the guy that was like sitting right next to me through the glass but I never spoke with him he does not really look like a football coach I mean he's got a doctorate and and all this super smart guy was supposed to kind of come in and I think be sort of the pass coordinator and sort of connect the front with the the back end and you know I, I felt like he didn't really get a chance to coach we didn't see that much I mean he had Three. The guy I talk to the most is Carl Scott, and I really enjoy talking to him. He's just one of the one of the good dudes. He, he's a coach. Get a chance to talk to him before the games. Really smart guy. Same thing with Clint Hurt. But uh, yeah, Sean Desai was uh, was is kind of a hot commodity over the last couple of years. Hopefully, uh, I mean, look, I, I want what's best for him. So if he can be the Eagles' defensive coordinator, that that'd be great for him. But uh, it's a move up, definitely. But I feel like we never really got to know him. Well, how about uh, Damian Lillard scored a career-high 71 for the Blazers and did it in a very efficient manner. Played just 39 minutes, shot 22 for 38 from the floor, was 13 of 22 from the three-point line, and yeah, 71 points. That'll play. That's a, a big number. Over 50% from the three-point line? What is what is standard, 40? Oof, I don't know. I, I want to say depends average. Depends on a three-point shooter. <laughs> what, do you ever play basketball? No. Nah. Okay, because I was going to ask you. You, you, you might. One he he kind of looks like a chucker. We learned Friday morning. We learned his dad is like a famous like surfing legend coach, right? The Sand Hill Warrior. Really? <laughs> you just throw a lot of things into one sentence. Were, half of those were incorrect, weren't they? Well, no. Yeah, he was. He's, he was a strength coach for a rugby team. We, okay. we discussed that Friday morning. If you missed it, and then uh, and then he has dealt with a lot of surfers, obviously in the. He's, he's big in the fitness industry, that is for sure, when I, it comes to those sports. I never surfed. Did you surf? Oh, yeah. As a kid. You good? I, I, well, you know, when you grow up, where I grew up, in Newcastle, where I grew up, on the beach, everyone surfs. Okay. Or they ride a bodyboard, or they ride a longboard. Yeah. So, 
you know. I mean, I was – depends on – we had some studs, man. Like in my school, there were some, some dudes. Who who who, yeah. who who could surf? So I, I was good. Yeah, I was good for sure. All right, that's yeah, Ryan Roland Smith. He can like do a everything. surfing equivalent of something. I don't know. He can surf. He can play pickleball. Can't play basketball. We learned. There yeah, we I can't wait to this this showdown between uh, between Lefko and oh, yeah. Ryan Roland Smith. There's going to be like a crowd there. All right, take two is brought to you by Swedish Cyberknife. Treat prostate cancer with Swedish Cyberknife. Swedish.org slash Cyberknife Prostate. Coming up at 3 o'clock, we got Brock Heward. But next, we saw some great progress from Jared Kelnick. We talked about him a little bit there. Does that mean anything for the season? This is Seattle Sports on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. You're listening to Wyman and Bob. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome back to Wyman and Bob. we got Ryan Roland-Smith filling in, typically uh, on route sports, doing the pre and post. You've done called a couple games, did some stuff with MLB. Yeah, doing there the World a... Baseball Classic coming up. I'm excited about oh, that. Oh, yeah? Got a nice. couple Mariners heading off to do that, yeah. so How big of a deal is the All-Star game coming up here? The, the fact that, you know, Seattle's hosting it and everything, is that? I think it's, yeah, I think it's, I mean... I think it's pretty cool, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, when they first got it, you're like, oh, wow, that's kind of, that's going to be fun. And then you find out everything that's kind of attached to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a huge deal because, you know, it just – A, it showcases your the, – the city. It showcases your team, the franchise, Team mobile Park. It just – anything you can do because, you know, we're up here in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. Anything you can do to draw attention towards what's going on here. Even Julio in that home run derby last year yeah, helped – Put, you know, even not just him, but his teammates. All of a sudden, everyone started looking up. Oh, the Mariners are pretty good. All these East Coasters who just never get to see because the games are on ten o'clock at night. Yeah, well, and then I really do. We found this out in the NFL this year, especially like the Jets, New York. I mean, it just there is a definitely a bias. So oh, yeah. yeah, that'll help. But you know, we we got into this a little bit. And by the way, you can text in. Our text line powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. But we kind of got a little bit into Jared Kelnick. To me, it's not just about him as a baseball player. It's just about him as an athlete in Seattle. Yeah. Like, what kind of, you know, what kind of guy is he? He's definitely different. I don't think you can fault him for that. He just had a different background from most people, you know? It wasn't like he was playing Little League and, you know, and then high school and college. He just went a different route and played on, like, the travel teams and things like that. So, you know, there's, I don't know if there's any sort of chore there for him to kind of integrate with his teammates and things like that. Seems like, seems like the guys like him, but for the most part, it's, it's just about, he was hyped up. You know, I remember when service came in and just said, man, this guy's a five tool guy. He is like the best workout we've ever seen. And I was like, that was like three or four years ago. And I was like, wow, I can't wait to see this guy. And yeah. And we've seen flashes of that. And over the weekend, actually uh, cut number two, Kelnick hit a second inning home run. Shares some time out in left field along with veteran A.J. Pollock. Swing and a fly ball. Well hit into center field. And this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. A line shot home run for Jared Kelnick. His first hit of the spring is a rocket right back up the middle toward the batter's eye. Holy smokes, what a shot by Kelnick. Is that a pitcher's nightmare hearing that sound? (laughs) Crack. Yeah, I was talking about this with uh, Lefko on on Monday. It's spring training when you've 
when you already know you've made the team and you just get blasted, you're just like you, you, the, the, the famous quote, oh, I'm just getting my work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm working on this pitch. Yeah, you can just I'm working use on any of these excuses. Yeah. But if you're a guy who like is trying to impress and you just hear that whack, you're like, oh, here we go. It's going to be one of those spring trainings. For sure. That's what we always would make that joke about because uh, you always hear that about the pitchers, you know, when they get shelled. Oh, he's working on something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's working on just slightly different yeah. grip. Yeah, okay, place. so is he a guy that you can tell, like, he gets up there? Is it what's different about him? It, uh, to me, I, I feel like it's between his ears, yeah. and I think that's the case with most players. I know it was for me. I mean, my second year, I came back, and it sounds sort of counterintuitive, but. I was able to turn my brain off. I was thinking too much. Yep. You know, and so you just have to go out and sort of let it flow. You think that's where he's at? You seeing any signs of that? No, I totally agree with you. And you, and you, you nailed it. He has to just go out and enjoy being a major league baseball player. When he first came up, he did not enjoy being – we saw him in, in, at, down at Cheney Stadium and he's hyped up, he's going crazy and everything else, having some success. And that was his one way to have fun. I'm talking about even when you go 0 for 30 – Enjoy the everyday of, and I'm not trying to sound all, you know, trying to get all, you know, deep and meaningful here, but it doesn't last long. As you know, being yeah. a professional athlete, it doesn't last long. And I think for Jared Kelnick, he, this offseason was interesting. You mentioned all the things about not playing, he didn't, never played high school baseball. His whole upbringing was you were going to go play on this team because it gets you on this team to get you here, to get seen, to go, to go get drafted high. That mm. was it. That was a whole motivation the entire time. So, and then last, we're at the same spot last year, if you remember, with Jerry Kelnick. What are we going to see from him? Mm-hmm. And you talked about Mark McGuire being his, you know, personal hitting um, guru, guru <laughs> slash, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm trying to think of? Like Sherpa. Oh, yeah, what, what, oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever you want to say. And it's just like, okay, all right, that's great. But is this, you know, and it was exciting. It's like, oh, wow, he's got someone he can lean on, like a Mark McGuire. And then all of a sudden April rolls around and we saw the exact same things we saw when he first came up. We really did. And he just didn't look like he was enjoying anything he was doing at all. And so I think when you talk about him hitting these home runs, if he can just absolutely go off these first couple of weeks, yes, it snowballs you because you're like, man, all that work I put in this offseason, it's real. It's not just me talking to Shannon Dreyer after the game and saying all the right things or talking about some hitting consigliarian or, you know, that's the word. I was <laughs> there we go. That's it. He was going mafia on us. <laughs> or Gangster. Some, or some facility or something. It's like, you know what? Okay, now this, this is clicking now. Something's clicking and I can lean on that. But we will not know with Jared Kelnick, regardless of how different he looks or, you know, if it's some different wording he's using until April rolls around. Yeah. When it's that, when he's down 0-2 and that, and that pitcher just completely exploits that certain spot where he just cannot get to. That's, that's when we'll really see what we're, what we're in for with, for Jared Kelnick. All right, just for fun, let's uh, hear cut number three, another t- two-run home run this time in the fourth. Swung on, laser to center field again. Back is Isbell. He's looking up, and this is gone. Jared Kellick has done it again. Second home run of the ball game. The Mariners take a couple back. It's 5-4. to four. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing we talked about. Um, you know, as far as, like, can you tell is his mindset different? Like, what's different from last year? Cut number four, uh, He's he's trying to... It sounds like a little bit he's trying to turn his brain off is the the phrase I use. But cut number four sounds like he's he's done some work there. Yeah, you know it's 
I'm trying to have a mindset of it doesn't matter what the count is. I'm just trying to seriously take it one pitch at a time um, and then trying to flush the rest. Uh, so, like, it's helping me with situations like that so that the thought of having two strikes doesn't become overwhelming and just trying to win that pitch, you know? You, you went with the one pitch at a time. Yeah, there you go. Sometimes that's true. Like, you, you have to put – I mean – it, he seemed like maybe a guy that dwelled too much on, you know. They all they always talk about my favorite. My favorite line was the quarterback for the <laughs> for the Eagles, and I know it's crude and everything, but he's like, yeah, when you drop a deuce, you don't sit there and look at it; you flush it. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's that's exactly what he needs to do. And I, I don't know, maybe. Is that what you've seen? Because we've seen him, you know, slam his bat down, throw his helmet down sometimes. But, I mean, if that motivates you, that's fine. But it seems like it's hindering him. Yeah, I think, man, it's it's a, you draw a fine line. You said earlier, switch your brain off. Right? Obviously, easier said than done. You know, you talk about that all offseason when you're hitting in a cage or you're, you're you know, doing some drill. You're like, oh, I'm just going to anchor on this when I get into the game situation. But then your true colors come out, your true flag, so to speak. Right. Talking from a mental skills, uh, but, you know, point of view, where where all of a sudden it's like, what are the things that put you in a good spot where you can absolutely kill it? And I think for for Jerry Kilnick, if that's who you are, if you're fired up and that's how you want to be, just go for it. Whatever, be that way. Yeah. But at the same time, man, you've got to at some point just enjoy what you're doing because from from whether it comes from. You know him being a 16 year old trying to be the abs- the best player in the U.S. or you know perfect game, the best ranking on perfect game, whatever it is. Till now, trying to be this version that we saw a couple of years ago that didn't pan out that we that we hoped for, and you're not living up to that. Man, you you have to to use your words so or you, you got to flush it. That that's all that's all in the past. Yeah, you know. And I think too, one other thing with um, with Jerry Kelnick, I feel like when you saw Taylor Trammell go down with an injury. And I started to question, man, I, you, you need competition in spring training. You talk about the, the results don't matter. But guys really respond from competition. The Mariners, and that, not that they do this or, or us or whoever, we, you can't sit there and say, oh, hey, look, you're playing left field. It's, your, it's, it's yours. Go for it. No, you've got to make him earn it. You really do. Mm. I say that about so many young players, but Jerry Kellner especially, I think he responded really well to that. When he came up at the end of last year, there was just flashes of, you know what, bro? You have to earn this. So that kind of hinders maybe Cade Marlowe can push him a little bit out of left field, but you won't know what you're going to get from Jerry Kelnick until April rolls around. That is for sure. Yeah. Hey, coming up, uh, we got a special guest edition. Maybe Ryan Roland Smith can join the Grumpy Old Man Club. Even Lefko is a grumpy old man sometimes when we uh, do What's Bugging Bob featuring Ryan Roland Smith. That's up next. What's bugging Dave? It could be traffic. Hey, 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 hey. It might be Angels fans. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you. And it's definitely Stephen A. Smith. I got a lot of problems with you people. It's time to find out what's bugging Dave. <laughs> the production quality there. That's, it's intentionally bad. That's that is your voice. Am I, am I correct? Yes. Why do you go, Dave? Because it's supposed to be intentionally <laughs> bad. Because yours is voice, you know, high production value. You say, what's bugging Bob? He's, and then we made one for you, making it sound like we just slapped it together last minute. Yeah, but you <laughs> did miss the very first one when we did it. No, I tried to do it that poorly. Yeah, no. See, that's All the right. thing. Fine. You'll never win an argument with Lefko 
And like, if you say you screwed up, he's like, oh, I did it on purpose. Or oh, you ask like, like his team, oh, your team got beat. Well, I knew they were going to get beat. Like, well, I know, I've noticed well, that. Guess actually. what happened? My team got beat over the weekend. So I was right. <laughs> By the way, he tried to, on Friday morning, we were co-hosting together. And it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was good. All right, good. You guys are bringing up things that are bugging me. Good. Perfect. Right, <laughs> no, going with this story. He was going hard trying to get me because of my coffee selection. Right? I got a latte, Dave. All right? Uh, okay. I know it's off brand, as was mentioned Friday morning. But, but you got ganged up on a little bit. Everyone's like, I oh, only got an extra shot. What's wrong with that? Because it was off-brand for you. I think that's what was so surprising. <laughs> what is his brand that prohibits him from cheap. having a latte? Yeah. Cheap. Oh, well, no, the cheapness. Rattle off the order name. I just got – okay, you tell me, mate. Okay, listen. I, I know I should be drinking straight coffee black. I get it, right? Right. Okay. I got a latte. I get it. The, the word itself is a little you know, off-brand. With an extra shot. That was it. No, no, no. You I've got go, a quad shot yeah. latte. Half quad calf, said no quad calf, decaf. Because that's what you've got to say. Like, give milk. me a quad shot venti latte. That's just how you say it down there for the folks at Starbucks. That's how you say it. All I right. know. But you could have acted like it was unnatural for you. Like you're a surfing rugby enthusiast. Right. You know what? Fair enough. If he was really as cheap as he says he is, he would have came here. we got a latte machine right out there. I know. It's I, free. I only just discovered that, to be honest with you. I, I thought he was going to bring in like a coffee pot and make get a whole bunch of them <laughs> and then take them. Hey, they're free here. No. Uh, yeah, so here's what's bugging Dave. Um, I, look, I know it's early. I know it's early. But somebody texted in the other day, and he used the word rob. We're getting robbed of what I calculated. It's about 30 minutes per game mm-hmm. from three hours to two and a half. So... My calculations is that that's 81 hours and three and a third, roughly, days. Three and a third days of baseball that we're getting robbed from. And then, you know, we were talking about also, like, what about if you get to go to the Diamond Club? You know, they got the free booze going on in there. And so what about that? You get less time to do that. What, are you going to be a power drinker at the at the Diamond Club? Um, the other thing is... Like I tell my wife all the time, I'm going upstairs to work. It's like, now I am going to watch a baseball game, but then there's like 30 minutes there. So now I'm working earlier. I'm doing, I'm doing like uh, chores and things like that. Whereas before it was like, yeah, I got to go disappear in there for three hours. Yeah. And I have a good relationship. It's been 30 years. Okay. But sometimes you need the alone time. No, Dave, you mentioned that and I'm glad you did because there's that, you know, that four o'clock game when they're on the East coast and that's around the time I've got two kids. I've got a four year old and an eight year old. And that's usually around the time. And if Amanda, if you're listening, it's not all the time, but it's like, (laughs) Oh, Four o'clock, saved by the four o'clock game because that's around that time where you know they start getting antsy. Then we're going to start putting dinner together and everything else. Uh, oh, sorry, I've got to go work. Are, are you doing post game radio? No, no, I've just got to watch the game. I've got to go yeah. three, maybe maybe three and a half hours. Who knows? Right, if right. it's a long one. Well, that, yeah. That, yeah, that's funny because it was at one point somebody was saying, "Well, we need to come in here and work." during that game because we're not on the air. I'm like, you are working. We're watching the game. That's right. You know, like, and it goes through over the weekend. Like, if I could charge by the hour, oh, man, I'd make a killing because, you know, you're watching every weekend. You're watching games. You're watching updates. You're watching, you know, just keeping up with everything. Usually, too, if you're going to go out, any sporting event, and baseball, you know, I mean, the Mariners (laughs) – not plugging tickets here, but they do a good job of making some, yeah, you know, affordable tickets and stuff. But you yeah. go, you drive out, you park, you go to the game, you spend all that money on on you know booze or whatever, food. Man, if it's starting to 
you know, what, what, what we got a two-hour, 15 game? You don't want to be two hours and then I'm done. The game's over. I've got to go home now. I just yeah. did all this prep to get you know the family down to the down, right. downtown, the whole bit. So I, I don't know. I, I don't want to sound old here. Well, that's what no, this, no, that's the point of this. Segment. That's what this segment yeah, does. It turns people into old men. This if, segment. If regular season games are two and a half hours for all these reasons, just just for all these reasons, I don't know if I'm liking it. Yeah. I don't have to start getting really old and start. So basically, what your wife should take away from this is you two need more time to be away from them. And you're disappointed yeah. you'll have less Mike, time to do Mike, that. Mike, that does not sound good. That is not the way you would put okay. that. And, you know, to, and Amanda would just be like, hey, look, if you need three hours on your own, just just let me know. Give me a heads up. Yeah. The minute I do that, she's like, nope, not now because we've got this going on. And I'm like, oh, oops. Yeah. So you're going to be, uh, over the next uh, baseball season, you're going to be working an extra 81 hours for your wife. That's right. That's what that translates exactly. into. Three and a half, three and a third days, basically. So, yeah, not loving it, man. Not loving it so far. Maybe they'll back off. Maybe they'll go, like, somewhere in between. Anyway, all right. Well, coming up next, down in Peoria, Brock and Salk are down there. And uh, Brock Heward, we're going to get his uh, – he had some kind of a creepy look that he was given. Jared Kelnick, you showed me there. Yeah. He looking at his... I, th- I felt very uncomfortable watching it. It, it made Mike feel uncomfortable. How Kelnick felt. That's all we need to see. And then, you know, we'll, I'll ask him a little bit about uh, this whole Russell Wilson thing. But, uh, yeah, we got Brock Heward coming up next on Wyman and Bob.